I think self-awareness is very important. So when you get okay. to know yourself, understand the strengths that come with your personality, understand some mm -hmm. of the weaknesses or some of the downside, mm -hmm. you'll be a lot more, you'll be a lot more at peace within yourself and you'll be a lot more confident. Honestly, honestly, I totally agree. But I would say as well that for some people, it's better that they are not self-aware because if they really see themselves doing other people see themselves, they will jump into a river. <laughs> I'm always very eager to learn. And like, I feel like I don't know anything. I feel like there is, even the belief I have today, if I gain certain knowledge, it may change. Like, I'm always eager to learn. Ignorance, I think is some, I can't remember where exactly I heard this, but I think it's a, it's a thing in law. But ignorance is not an excuse for, like, not obeying a law. I used to be called, um, um, what's that word of when, when we're in school? ITK, I too know. I used to be called ITK, I used to be those people. You know how? Welcome to In Between Spaces. Today we have the pleasure of hosting the incredible Ewalula Sabuwale on our podcast. As an expert in product strategy, she seamlessly navigates intersection of business, users, and innovators. Every product that passes her scrutiny is not just evaluated, it's crafted to solve problems and enhance user experience. She's also a mom of two, really cute boys if I may add, and she's married. I think another really interesting part for me is her podcast. It's called The Spotlight. It discusses topics around product strategy and research. So, ladies and gentlemen, listeners on this podcast, join me as we welcome Ewalola. Thank you, Ewalola, for coming on this podcast. Hi, Bless. Thank you so much for having me. Is it me that you're describing as incredible? I'm wondering if there's somebody else yes. in the room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel totally uh, I know, you are a star. Ah. God, why is he not reflecting my account balance? So, oh, Jesus. Very soon. Very soon. Patient. <laughs> is the economy. Is Nigeria. I'll tell you. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for um, having me on podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming. So, there is the areas of your life I would like to shine the spotlight on. There are a lot. But let's talk about your professional backing. Let's start from there. Because Ewa, if we are being honest, you are good. Even you said you know it. So hey. how did you start? When did your when did you start your career? Hey, my career in general, right? Okay. Um, yes. I guess this goes back to like 2012. I just um graduated from uni. I studied law at the University of Nottingham. A, a little bit against my will, shaft. <laughs> if I would be very wow. honest. <laughs> um, if you had asked me at that time, I would have said, oh, I want to be a doctor, and I want to be saving lives. Um, what's the name of that show? Ah, what's the name of that show? They're still going on. Oh, I can't remember now. Grey's Anatomy, yeah. So I, yeah. I, in my mind, I would have been in Grey's Anatomy. Like, I would have been like, them in Grey's Anatomy or like house or something. I really loved watching shows like that. So yeah, I'd always wanted to be a doctor growing up, but um, at, the, at the time when it came to select what I was studying in school, so I, I had been, I had done well in both sciences and social sciences, like in secondary school. Um, Smart, but, what I'm saying. <laughs> no, so the thing is, I, I used to study, I'm not, I don't think I'm a naturally like 
brilliant. You know, some people that whether they study you, they don't study. What's just explain something to them once like this? So that's not me. I used to study a lot. So yeah. So I think that that was just one thing that made me feel comfortable enough. To, okay, to say okay, yes, I can go ahead and study law, even though I couldn't, you know, follow my dream of studying medicine. So uh graduated um, from my bachelor's in 2012, um, went to law school, um, Abuja and Lagos one year. Um, that was interesting, Sha. <laughs> that was my first time living outside of Lagos, like ever. So it was it was really interesting. Abuja life is soft though. People living there. I enjoy it. Yeah, really soft life. <laughs> As in, real soft life. Yeah, real soft life people in Nigeria. So um, I did NYC, and then during my NYC, I was serving in my dad's law firm. My dad is a lawyer, he's my advocate. So I guess that's where my career started. Um, and from there, in 2016, um, that's, I got married and had my first son, September of 2016. Um, but that was we were outside of the country for a while. He has um, um, Down syndrome, so he was diagnosed with it like a few weeks after his birth. So we were in hospital for a long time. He has a congenital heart defect as well. So he had like he had two surgeries, the long stay in the hospital. Anyway, long story short, Sha, I, I didn't get to work for like almost two years, I believe. So I started working when. I got back to work when he was a year old, so I believe that was like 2018. And yeah, um, I, my, I think I started working then. I hope I'm not going on and on. Like, do you really want me to no, give you all details? No, please. I'm writing, I'm working it down. I didn't even know a lot of these things. <laughs> okay, so um, the first job I got on my own um, was with an insurance firm called Suno Assurances. Um, it was as a, basically a, how, what do they call the role then, you know, uh, a senior executive or something like that. But basically I was managing about five, I think five or six people, um, who were like account executives, yes, um, within our region in Yaba. And we, our job was basically to get customers, it was a sales role really. And yeah, for me, one thing that was really interesting, even though that wasn't what, of course, that wasn't aligned with what I had studied or anything, but it was the first time I was getting to experience people like in real life. And I don't know, to, I don't know if that sounds weird, like trying to understand what making customers or users. Yes, you get first year, first time interacting with people and trying to get them to do something. So for me, I think it was really valuable that that first experience wasn't behind the computer screen, but like actually experiencing people in real life, the people that, you know, that now I'm working to build or develop solutions for. So it was really interesting, yeah. really getting to understand that people get to make decisions based on a huge variety of reasons. The way people think is different from the way person A thinks is totally different from the way person B thinks. I have to be fast yeah. on your feet to like you know respond to their queries and things like that so it was just really interesting my next role was at uh fidelity bank it was called um sorry the, 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 <laughs> yeah it was a contract role in a bank it was a contract role the role was initially called service ambassadors but basically um we were um we were we, we were within the customer experience team 
And at the time, Fidelity Bank had just, um, like, they were trying to, like, really drive their digital banking solutions. So mobile banking, online banking, and USSD. And I think their product team was outsourced. So they weren't developing these things themselves. So they needed a lot of feedback that would be passed on to, like, the developers and, like, the product people, right? So that was my job, basically. Um, getting interacting with customers, getting them to like use the app. So, a lot of people, for instance, they may have downloaded it, but they had one or two issues, got stuck, stopped using it, and they are walking into the bank to do transactions that they can do on their phone. So, my job is to understand the problems, understand why they are not using the app, what challenges they face, troubleshoot. If you can sort it out on the like on the ground there, sort it out, but also still give that feedback to the product team so they know, for instance, in a week. Let's say I spoke with 1,000 customers, 500 had issues, maybe they were locked out. So giving that feedback that would um, help to improve the product. So um, I did that for uh, over a year, like I think almost two years. And then COVID came. And then uh, coincidentally as well, I also, um, I was, okay, no, no, I, I was pregnant, like towards the tail end of my role there. Hmm, that thing wasn't funny. My pregnancies are... <laughs> My parents are not funny. I'm, I'm one of those spitters. I'm always very, very nauseous. I'll be carrying containers and spitting. Imagine working, working in a bank. Customers are talking to you and you're spitting. Oh my god! Oh my god! It was not way away from you. Be feeling exciting way away from you. What the customer will think you'll be feeling weird about yourself a bit. But I, when I'm pregnant, I feel weird. I don't feel normal. Like, that's why the thought of me getting pregnant again is like, just shoot me. Who shoot me? <laughs> like, I don't feel myself when I'm pregnant. So, um, like, and then smells will be very amplified. <laughs> yeah. God. Imagine talking to a customer that maybe just has slight body odor. It might not be so bad. Maybe other people are not expressing in me. It's like I'm dying. <laughs> Yes, because someone is angry, probably. But like, I, I'm sure I couldn't even keep my face straight. It was a very interesting scenario, <laughs> very interesting. But still, though, during that time, I really, really learned a lot. Like I said, the fact that I got to interact with these people one on one and see the way that they think. Like, I'm literally holding, they're holding their phone. I'm very pressed very close to them. They're explaining the, their ch the challenges they were facing to me. And I'm yeah. taking notes. And like, at that point, I can't take notes, but like, I'm taking mental notes. I'm on the, like trying to understand. And probably sometimes um, I would use my phone and like record the interaction so that yeah. when I'm communicating to, you know, the product or developers, they're able to see that, oh, okay, this is what you mean. This is what the customer doesn't like yes sometimes even recording what the customer is saying so that you can experience it firsthand right so it was really interesting yeah. it was really really interesting that was my first exposure to like research around user experience or customer experience yes so i think for it was a great start i know not everybody gets to have that experience like having like when the customer is explaining the issues they're having i'm already thinking how can we solve this issue if I'm seeing that, okay, 100 people in a week face this issue, then this is a critical issue that we need to solve. Very interesting stuff. But anyway, COVID came around and I was pregnant. Um, funny things happened around that COVID period. We were on lockdown. 
And then, you know, I don't know if you remember, but if a hospital gets exposed to COVID, they will now close down. I don't know if you remember that period. Yeah, so imagine. Yeah, so imagine the hospital I was doing my antenatal and I had registered to like give birth, closed down, and I was very close to delivery. I said, ah, my dear, that's how we're now going up and now looking for another hospital that was, you know. So the thing, you know, for, like when you're pregnant, you, cannot, you don't trust them. Even when you're not pregnant, you don't, not every hospital you see that you trust now. We yeah. didn't. At least let me know one or two people that have used the hospital possibly giving birth. So anyway, shall we find eventually found another place? But anyway, I had my son. Um and then after the lockdown was called off, um, you know, we we're working um we we're working remotely. So yeah, at first we, we we did that for I think we did that for a few months. I can't remember exactly how long. Then we were called into the office. My dear, I had caught COVID during COVID. During the lockdown, like, during the pandemic, like the heat of the pandemic, I had caught COVID. It was a terrible experience for me. Horrible really? experience. I thought I was going to die. In fact, <laughs> I never knew I could survive. No, no, I couldn't breathe. Like, you know, you will be dry, like, you will be trying to pull in air. Your lungs are not taking air. Like they are blocked. I was. It feels like you just can't breathe. I. Hmm. People that have like that deal with like respiratory issues or asthma or anything like that, I could understand. Like that was when I, I gained empathy for them. It was not funny at all. So anyway, by the time the lockdown was called off, and now the announcement we should come into, and then we, we, the remote work was called off, and they said we should come into the office. Yeah. Hey, I started thinking. I said, hmm, if I catch this COVID again, she will not just die immediately. <laughs> so. I had to think long and hard about it. Um, basically, eventually, I decided to just resign because I didn't want to be exposed. So in the role I was doing, I would be exposed to so many people. I would be touching their phones. Yeah. And I had a small baby. And I was like, please, oh, let me just rethink this whole thing. Away from you, th thinking about the baby too. Because you know children, like, they are very vulnerable. They are vulnerable to a mm -hmm. lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And when, uh, well, I also talk back to the fact that when one of the first few cases of COVID in Nigeria was traced back to a banking hall, and I won't say the name of the bank so that it won't be like, but it's because in the banks, they they interact with money. Almost everybody touches money. Do you get money so? Money that you don't know where it's coming from. Exactly. So I just thought about it. I was like, please, I beg, it's not worth my life. <laughs> so I resigned. And during that time, I... um so I don't know how I found about the course, but you know Utiva, Utiva, it's the EdTech. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I did their course, um, their product design course. I really liked it. It was just a short course. I think, was it up to three months? I don't think so. But anyway, it was a really, um, really, really great start, you know, going from that like pseudo research to design and then understanding yeah. how those skills I had gained from interacting with like customers translate mm -hmm. to digital design and interaction yeah so yes. more yeah. like the feedback we're giving from the other role you are coming to see how it is being implemented exactly so i could understand from the perspective of yes you know i'm a researcher i'm a person who's getting feedback from people but then also understanding the trade-offs you have to make in, in creating designs understanding the how you experiences are even designed 
you get and how you have to work with other stakeholders to like come bring these things to life so that course was really great i think this, the things that made that course really great were was the tutors one of them is called toby toby what's his surname? i can't remember but nice. yeah because sometimes i still interact with him you know, he, he was and he's like all those people that are very intentional about like providing mentorship and even though he, he probably wouldn't call it mentorship but like he'll give you feedback advice um yeah. and things like that till now i know that's something he's passionate about toby and moju i have his phone number he even give out his phone number i was like this guy is like wow. I try, you know. <laughs> so he's also growing. <laughs> Sorry, he wants to see you grow in design. You must learn this. No, I think he grow. was. No, no, no. I, I, I honestly didn't expect him to be that hands-on. He was really great. The other tutor was called Timmy. Timmy Adubi. Um, he was really good with like the um, like the interface design. And I think Toby, yes, Toby is great at interface design, but like the entire experience of a product or you yeah toby was great at that so it was a good learning experience after that i also did the utiva product management course i did that mainly because i wanted to understand the other side of the coin like okay yes designers are doing this but the, the product managers understand the business they understand you know why certain decisions have to be made or like why why certain trade-offs have to be made or what the business is trying to achieve what the roadmap looks like so i wanted to get that full understanding Yes, I did that as well. It wasn't as good as the design course. It was more theoretical, but it, it was it was okay. And then Utiva, after the design course, Utiva gave a um like a free internship um with a VC firm. What's the name now? Oh, <laughs> My memory. <laughs> My memory is bad, but yeah, there was a free like three month internship where we actually got to like work on products for like the portfolio. The VC firms, their portfolio companies, we worked on a couple of products for them. So I got to actually experience, you know, designing within a team. Do you get? Yeah. So it was really great. I feel like I'm going on and on. Let me go as fast as possible. Please, sorry, before you continue, I just want to say a big shout out to YouTuber. I know about PZS and the amazing things they are doing, but this feedback for YouTuber, it is so good. Like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it was really, really good. It was really good. Um, yeah, the internship especially, and of course, before you could get the internship, um, you had to like be, you had to like prove that you were performing. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. And I think there was a test or something because I'm sure they will figure that some people will actually be as committed you get, and then you now go out of your way to give them an internship and then they're not committed, but the internship was really great. Exactly. It was really great. Um, after that, what did I do after that? Uh, oh, yeah, I got the role at Transion. Transion um, were looking for a researcher to help with like their mobile um, technology. The, and I, the team I specifically worked on was working on like camera technology for like techno, common devices, infinite devices, even some other ones within the techno infinite range anyway. So it was that was really great um, experience for me. There was a lot of market research involved. There was a lot of like user testing as well. A lot. Oh my god! At a point, <laughs> at a point. So within the testing, we have to like uh, camera technology is very tricky. You need to feed the the um, like machine learning tool with a lot of data, like of pictures and how people look 
So if you look at the cameras in like China, the preferences that people have for camera technology in China is totally different from the preferences that people have for camera technology in Nigeria. Um, okay. How do I say this? Especially in terms of like at the time, Snapchat was a really, really big thing. So Snapchat has filters and filters were, you know, like <laughs> the next big thing. If you remember, Instagram didn't used to have filters until probably after Snapchat, you get. So uh, yeah, those... Yeah, like 2022 or so. Yes. And then those phones, we were trying to also build that technology for them. So you could actually have those filters within the phone. So now, wow. um, this is not a slur. I'm not trying to like be racist or anything, but um, Chinese people have their own definition of beauty. Black people have their own definition of beauty. I'll give an example. If I'm going to use sunscreen now, Chinese people or white people, they don't know whether the sunscreen appears white on their face. Yeah, because blending. you're already paid. Exactly. If a black person uses that kind of sunscreen. <laughs> exactly. So, that's just like a very... <laughs> exactly. So, imagine if, for instance, that white... Like, imagine taking a picture with, like, Chinese beauty standards, and then you, instead of looking glowy and, you know, like your skin is rich, melanin popping, you're not looking great because there's white shield on your face. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, fun moment. I really enjoyed working on that team. Um, learned a lot um, about not just now like the hardware aspect of actually developing products it was really really yeah. interesting. Got to do a lot of hands-on work, a lot of field work, markets research. It was really great. After that, um, took the role at um, InterSwitch um, on product on the, in the product and user research. That was a transformative experience, I would say. Um, learned a whole lot. <laughs> learned a whole lot, especially in terms of working with people, stakeholder management, like all those skills that you don't actually realize. So, yeah, you can be great, fantastic, tremendous at the hard yeah. skills. But if your soft skills are lacking, my dear, I'm not sure how far you will go. Yeah. And I love how intentional the team at InterSwitch is about soft skill, like there are even sessions mm -hmm. where we talk about uh, this session where Chinelo, it was Chinelo that talked, okay, Chinelo talked about brand. Yeah, it's about the brand, your, your personal brand. Yeah, soft skill, hard skill, because <clears throat> if not, you are going to be fighting with people every day in products. Honestly, honestly. A professional team that is very big, where they are like a whole lot of, you are, you are collaborating with not just designers and developers, they are researchers, they are DevOps, they are, they, are, they are stakeholders, they are internal stakeholders mm -hmm. and they are external stakeholders. You just mm -hmm. need to know how to talk. You just need to know mm -hmm. how to react. You just need to know how to compose your message. That, I hope this meal meets you well. You better meet them well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. So one thing, one thing about the role at InterSwitch, it really helped me understand how organizations make decisions and how my role as a researcher could really empower teams to do that. Um, for me, it was a great learning experience. I was there for one and a half plus years. Currently now, I'm at Money Point. I've been here for just a week now. <laughs> um, we're doing customer experience research. So far, it's looking good. Um, 
Um, one one of the things I really want to improve on this year is um, data analytics, and I think that's something that this role would help me build upon. Yeah, yeah. so that's my career story so far. <laughs> then, I hope I didn't go I, on for too long. Please, I think we only need to hear it. So I'm looking at it, and I'm like. I feel like all the experience you've had, you know, this stuff, they say all the, the dots get to connect over time. I feel like oh the experiences one way or the other have helped connect the dots. Exactly. I know you, like, so that thing you just said. Huh? What I you just know said you is, is a saying that keeps going, it's going through my mind. Oh, there is a lag. I'm sorry, bless. Please go ahead. No, 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 please go on, go on. I'm listening. Okay, what you just said is a saying that always goes, like, it's been going to my mind for the past, like, one year. Like, you never know why you're making, you can't, you, you don't know 100% how certain decisions you make today will turn out. It's only in hindsight that you now understand that, oh, this is how this helps me do this, how the opportunity plus the, what they call it, opportunity plus preparation meets, so it yeah. meets, um, opportunity meets preparation. And how and then it's not just necessarily luck, exactly. It's not just necessarily luck. If you're if you're prepared and then an opportunity comes along, then you'll be successful. If you take I mean you take the opportunity, right? So it's been really interesting, Sha. I didn't even know you had background in law. So when I think about how outspoken you are, I never thought there was a law background in game. <laughs> <laughs> Like she will state, she will not just she will state what she believes should work, and then you will ask yourself, where is that level of confidence and backing? Even in this speech, you can hear it. You get most times I think I didn't know. Like you can imagine your experience from law to I don't want to even ask the part of how your dad must have felt because first <laughs> you you had to leave law after studying. But then, after studying, doing your NYS, going to law school, I can't imagine what I can't imagine how that conversation must have gone. But then, yeah. to getting first job in an insurance company, you get having to manage people at that at that at that stage in your career, and then going down to even fidelity and your interaction mm -hmm. with users, like dot by dot by dot, it gets to connect. Mm -hmm. As so, in, no what, it must connect what, actually. <laughs> So no matter what anyone is doing at the moment, I feel if you are, one thing I also want to add is, when, as you talk about your career journey, I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a pivotal, I'm seeing a lane of diligence. Even when you were pregnant, you were having those interactions with people at Fidelity Bank. And then when, um, you studied your YouTube and you didn't just take product design course. You went from product design, you wanted to understand um, product managers. I feel like there is something that can be learned from your story is the art of, I'm trying to remember the word. Um, you like to do things well when you start them. You like to understand yeah. from different perspectives. You don't just jump in. I remember um, I've seen you most times where you're asking you ask questions down to the, so why do you want to conduct this research? What are your objectives? I was listening on one of the conversations and someone said, eh, but that's for you to figure out. Why you say, no, I think I need to understand why you want to do this. So the fact that you get, um, you are very detailed. That is the word. 
Tá de boa, tá vindo. <risos> I'm, I'm listening to you. I don't think it's, it's me I describe you. If I said you just, you said, no, I said it's detailed. I'm going to go. I've been seeing you. I think that, I think sometimes, place me in front of people so they will look at their lies from the mirror. Because it's detailed yeah. is, is the perfect word. You want to get to the end to end before jumping in. And I think that's what um a lot of product people, let's not talk about the generalizer, but I feel that's what um, some product people or even some businesses don't understand at this point. You have an idea and then you want to just jump in and execute. Look at the pros, look at the cons, look at it from the different angles. Try to understand it from every user. Think of um, possible issues, possible um, edge problems that help. Exactly, that's the word. Yeah, so what you're saying, yeah, as I reflect, actually, I, I think I understand what you're saying. Um, when you said I'm outspoken, I'm like, ah, I usually you're talking about me, but I guess I can come up that way. But in, inside, though, inside my heart, I'm shy. <laughs> inside my heart, I'm shy. What tends to happen is I will say something, and I'm not those people that in the middle of the night when I want to sleep, I'll not be thinking, come, why did you see that thing? <laughs> <laughs> I'll not be thinking that, ah, God, maybe you would have just kept quiet. So I know that in this life I've stepped in, I've stepped on a lot of toes. I know that. But I would say that um it's all about the approach anyway. Yes, I like to ask questions. I and do you know the funny thing? I, I'm thinking of a time growing up where I used to be very, 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 very shy as a child. Even tonight, I know I'm shy in my heart, but as a child I used to be very shy. It used to be so bad that I remember that my dad sent me out to a store like we were on summer holiday and we had traveled and i can't remember the exact place probably like a tesco or something i don't know so we i got he asked me to get something and i couldn't find it i was now just going around and around and around and around store after i was i found all he wanted and then i bought it and went home he was not asking me that madam what took you so long i was not explaining to him that oh, i was looking 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 he now said why did you just ask why did you just ask <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's something that I think has kind of shaped me to where I am today. I even over ask. <laughs> I over ask, and I'm very sure some people get annoyed, but I over ask. And I think I also the skills I learned. Yeah. I also I also think that the skills I learned in studying law is that. The, like you need to ask questions. You can't just make conclusions. You can't, so for instance, our assumption. For instance, if we're given like a um, problem, like um, in in legal like exams or case or um, coursework, you'll be given like a problem and you need to like think about it, like a story. They'll tell you a story and you need to think mm -hmm. about it for you to understand the in quote, correct answer to that story. You need to dig deeper. You need to ask questions. You need to also, maybe, of course, you don't have the full story. Assume some things. Set out the assumptions. Mm -hmm. Say, these are the things I'm assuming. These are the things I've understood based on the question, the problem that has been shaped here. These are the questions mm -hmm. that I still have to be able to answer this question, this um, problem deeply. So I don't know. I think it's just, it's a, like you said, the dots, the dots connect in hindsight, right? So... 
I think it's just a blend of all the experiences and skills and I don't know knowledge. Yeah, yeah. And all the people you met. I'm coming to that question of you. I'm coming to that question of you may have stepped on some people's toes because I feel that is so with the board people in organization is is i think it's a bit common to step on few tools at some point but as you said is the um is the approach, approach. that matters yeah. the question. but i want to talk about um when you joined InterSwitch. so i don't know i understand what you mean that you are shy and then InterSwitch was a great learning experience and then you collaborated more but i would like to say you came you came really prepared you came, <laughs> it feels like you had a strategy and ideas. You get, you had clear goals and strategy. I feel like you had clear goals and strategy. That is from a, from a mirror. I'm telling you what I think of when um, okay. I met you. Yeah. And before, when okay. I saw you and then you were like, oh, be, it's not been long to join. I'm like, mm. looks like she has very clear goals. And I think it's those things that set you set you on this space or set you on the ground for SLA, for the other excellent work you did at InterSwitch. Have you always done that? Did you have did you have clear goals joining the brand or is that just part of you? Or did you cultivate it? So when you are joining InterSwitch, you're like, these are these are the goals I have for InterSwitch. These are the things I want to achieve at InterSwitch. This is what I want to I want to do for myself while I'm at InterSwitch. Was there like a session like that in your head or did you just resume? Resume work. <laughs> yeah, so I'll say that I am the kind of person who, and I don't say this from a place of, I don't know, arrogance or anything, but I don't like doing things that are mediocre. Like, even down to the way I work. I don't want to just be sluggishly just traipsing down the road. Like, when I see people that do I'm like, please, what's going on? Let's just sick. Like, I'm one of those people that are working fast, I'm working with intention. I know where I'm like, even yeah. if I'm taking a walk, like, I'm not going to just, you know, there's some people that like, they will just be walking, blocking all the whole road. Like, please, yeah. are you good with your. <laughs> so, that thing, that thing, um, Kama, let's say, pisses me off. That thing pisses me off, forget on my nerves, you can But anyway, I try, I don't know, I think I'm just, I, I used to be called, um, um what's that word of when when we're in school itk i too know i used to be called itk i used to be those people <laughs> you know how the teacher, will, the teacher will forget to like give the assignment or something I used to be I like, ah, please mister can you come <laughs> i i think i don't know i think it's partly part of me and to be honest i've tried to tone down a lot of those things it's partly part of me it's i think i just Another thing is, I'm always very eager to learn. And like, I feel like I don't know anything. I feel like there's, even the belief I have today, if I gain certain knowledge, it may change. Like, I'm always eager to learn. Ignorance, I think is some, I can't remember where exactly I heard this, but I think it's a, it's a thing in law. But ignorance is not an excuse for, like, not obeying a law, basically. Like, you can't say, oh, I, I didn't know that. Yes, can't say you didn't know about it. Sorry, oh, maybe you came to Dubai, you are kissing on the road. You know, they now come and arrest you. You know, say, oh, I didn't know. They say, hey, that's your business. <laughs> the law is that you should not be kissing in public. <laughs> so I, I, I try to be as far away from ignorance as possible. Because when the, th the worst part about ignorance is 
you you show your rights. You will not be saying what is so clearly wrong to people that know. And you be standing oh, to teach. My dear, it can be very embarrassing. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's partly part of me. I've finally just always been that person who is extra. Like I I know there are pros and cons. I'll say for me, oh, there are more pros, even though a lot of the time and I'm doing a lot of reflection, I'm like, oh, hey, yeah, this person must think I'm this kind of person, but that wasn't my intention, you know. But then also, it's partly also me always being open to learn, always being, um, how would I say this? Always being open-minded, always trying to dig deeper, you know, below the surface. Yeah, I'll think it. I'd say it's partly nature, partly nurture. Yeah. I think, I think self-awareness is very important. So when you get to know yourself, understand the strengths that come with your personality, understand some mm -hmm. of the weaknesses or some of the downside, mm -hmm. you'll be a lot more, you'll be a lot more at peace within yourself and you'll be a lot more confident. Honestly, honestly, I totally agree. But I would say as well that for some people, it's better that they are not self-aware because if they really see themselves the way other people see themselves, they will jump into a river. <laughs> because sometimes when I'm reflecting on things, I'll be like, but why didn't you just keep quiet? But why? <laughs> so, I mean, yes, yeah, self-awareness is very integral folks. growth. Like, I don't think you can grow if you're not self-aware. I think... Being self-aware doesn't mean that you necessarily accept every aspect of yourself. It just means that you're aware and you're not able to now, you have to now be intentional to say, I want to, in, I want to change this. And then you'll yeah. actually create a plan and say, or a path and say, you know, this is what I'll be doing to change this. Maybe if you realize that you have body odor, I don't know I keep saying body odor today. If you realize that you, have, yeah, you naturally have body odor, you have to say, okay, I'm going to be taking my bath three times a day. I'm going to be using two different deodorants. <laughs> Yeah. Intentionality. Intentionality. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so thank you so much for answering that. Um, so you know the sentence that people make of drop your personality at home when you are working at a corporate space. For me, I would mm -hmm. love to say um which is what we just mentioned, I would love to say bring my personality to work, having identified my strengths and my weakness. Having identified what triggers my downsides, I would say bring my personality to work because if I am coming to work with, let's say um, I'm a perfectionist and then I'm coming to work and I'm trying to tone that down, I feel like you can only, if it's fake life. It might not be the real fake life that we own in fake life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it will take at least two months your real self will start showing. So what do you say for people that have like a very bold aura around themselves or very, they have a very strong personality and then they don't think that is welcomed in a workspace. What, what can you say about that? Hmm. So I can totally relate to having, thinking that you have a strong personality. In fact, sometimes, I know I can't be overbearing, so I typically yeah. try to like tell people that I work with that I know I can be. So it's better I just point it out when I do, <laughs> so that I will tone down, <laughs> right? So 
I would say that if you don't have a personality in your workspace, and I've encountered a few people, like, is like, if you don't have a personality, then like, nobody wants nobody wants to work with you. Like, yeah, I've tried oh, to have a bad personality that to have no personality. Like, it's just it like you. Anyway, but I'll say that um. Knowing the pros and cons of your personality, yes, I think it's it's essential to bring the positives of your personality. So I think now, actually thinking about it, that's probably why, you know, during interviews they may ask, you know, what are like your strengths and weaknesses. So I know some who they answer that question in a very funny way, where they will say, oh, my personal my my strength is that I'm always early to work. If I knock your head, which maybe. <laughs> So, I just think that the part of your personality, for instance, if you're like a type A personality, you're a go-getter, you tend to like be focused on like what you're trying to achieve, you don't necessarily always know when you hurt somebody's feelings by something you said, try and figure out like the pros of your personality. So, being a go-getter probably means that any work that you take on, you are going to complete it, right? Meaning that yeah. if you're in a team, you, at least it's very, it's for sure that that task is going to get completed. But they also mean that ah, sometimes people may misinterpret you trying to complete the task by, okay, mean take, saying that you want to take the shine, right? You now need to realize that, okay, I need to tone it down. I need to be more open to like other people's uh, perspectives. I need to be more intentional about saying, person B, what do you, what's your suggestion? Or person A. Exactly. Or person C, I want you to work on this specifically so that that person takes ownership of that thing. Right? So yeah. I think it's just about identifying the pros that would you know, help you be successful at work, help your organization, of course, to make money and be productive and things like that. And then toning down the negatives. This the thing is for a lot of type A personalities who are tend to be like overachievers, like in Steve Jobs. If you listen to a Steve Jobs interview, I'm very sure that he wasn't the most caring line manager. If you really, really look yeah. at the things he said, because as far as he's concerned, he wants to get this done and needs to be done. So imagine an outcome telling that, oh, eh, my son is sick. I'm sure it's probably like, oh, this your son is always sick every day. <laughs> Dead. Why are you living in the end of the world? <laughs> Do you get? So, oh. but then I'm sure you would have probably come to at a point to realize that okay, I need to improve my empathy. Do you get? Yes, I know productivity yeah. is important, but I need to improve my empathy for like the people I'm working with. I know these people are not robots; they are human beings, right? So, I mean, identify your long story short, identify your strengths. It's better to have bad character than no character. I'm sorry, I'll stand on this table. <laughs> Bring it to work. It's better to have bad character, please. It's, it's better than no character at all. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know, even with this thing with Nigerians, Nigerians and their emotions, not just Nigerians, actually. So, you bring it to work. It might be bad for a certain kind of... So people experience it in different light, I think. Exactly. And then this person is like, bless is a very... She's hard to work with. She doesn't take feedback. Somebody has experienced it. The person is like, ah, bless is very down to air too. She always... Thank you. 
So there are different people, and I need us to understand that energy is is about it's about people and their perspective, and it's okay for different people mm -hmm. to have their different perspective. So some, if someone says you work at a space, and then when you during feedback or something, or basically you got the feedback that um, she's always at the she's always on the spotlight, she's always having all the shine, um, she's always too loud. I think mm -hmm. when she's having meetings, intentionally on her mic to the highest. Don't get, don't let you get to me. <laughs> on it. <laughs> on it all. They won't hear your meeting. That like is is very much okay. If you don't like to use use headset, and because of um those comments, you decided to start using headset, or you decided, oh, I will not be having meetings. I will either have meeting, I will stay at home. Mm -hmm. What you was said, I stand with her. Bring that personality to work. <laughs> Mm -hmm. identify it be open to work on it you get be exactly. open to work on it the important thing over time is about what you feel what you feel about yourself because end of the day everything will be gone and you just have you so you mm -hmm. need to get to learn about you need to be intentional about improving on you mm -hmm. and while you are doing that improving if people don't see the changes okay mm -hmm. change the time it's, it yeah. takes a whole lot of work, and the important thing is that you are putting in the work. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I Thank agree, you. because uh, can I give an example? Even yes. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, some people hated him. Some people yes. said he was arrogant. Meanwhile, other people that experienced him said, this is a great man, he is humble. The same person they are calling humble is the same person that are calling arrogant too. I mean, he was he ate with us, he washed our feet. Other people ate at Zacchaeus' house. Other people mm -hmm. are saying, Why is he saying? Other people say, Ah, it's I have this. Yeah. Do you get <laughs> So, it's, it's, I feel like, like you said, people experience you in different ways that is also shaped by their own experiences. Imagine if, fortunately or unfortunately, the way you talk is the way somebody's abusive mother used to talk. I'm not saying you are abusive, yeah. but maybe you just have the same, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, maybe you have the same accent or something. No, because of that, everything you say, <laughs> you get. So, my dear, do you, if you know you have bad character, work on it, identify them, don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't accept it, you will continue to have that bad character. <laughs> and you continue to feel bad every time you show in public. Exactly. So accept it, but create a plan to work on it. That's it. That is so cool. Okay, so this is right, a random question. Our content designers and US writers, do you think there's a difference? Hey, good. <laughs> this is a, a hard question. So I'll be very honest and say that I don't know um, if there is a difference. Well, of course, probably a content designer or EHR can tell us if there's a difference. Um, the difference, if I'm thinking about it, might be in the purpose of what they're trying to achieve. But honestly, I can't, I can't say for sure if there's a difference. I'll be very honest. But I know for sure, copywriting and UH writing are different. Yeah. Copywriting has a different goal from UH writing. UH writing, you're trying to make sure that the customer is able to achieve what they're trying to achieve for every page or interaction with the product. Copywriting, you are most likely telling the story, just trying to engage them. So a copywriter might write 
five lines with dreamy language, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, a UX writer knows that on this page, we want to convert you. We want you to buy this product. So what they will say might be totally different. They are going to look at your um, reason for opening that page, the kind of person you are, and say, okay, you are trying to achieve this goal as this, as a, this maybe you went on a on Figma's landing page. Most likely, yeah. if you're on Figma's landing page, you're a designer. They don't need to start telling you how Figma... Thank you. They don't start telling you why Figma was created and want to, want to. They'll tell you this is what you can achieve with Figma. So, meanwhile, a copywriter might start telling you Figma has been the most fantabulous design tool since Kiniko Kiniko, you know. Telling you, sweetie. I love how you have yeah. this question. So I was in a discussion a few days ago, and then this question just, um, someone asked it, and there was a lot of back and forth, and it was designers mainly, so we didn't know much <laughs> about it. And we ended the conversation with US um, content designers are the same as US writers. Although, okay, that was, now this is the problem. One of us now said, so do you think hiring a content designer or US writer? And everybody said content designer. Well, you just said they are the same. Why are you saying content designer? Yeah. yeah. Very funny. Um, but that's like asking asking designers whether content designing and UX writing are the same. It's like asking an Oingo person to tell you the difference between Ghanaians and Nigerians. Like, if I was to try between Ghanaians and Nigerians, go and ask them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so let me just ask this. Evidence, okay. So your work lives very um amazing success. There is track record of success based on your work. Evidence. There is no too much explaining. When Bonaboy said you go explain, you go explain. Your... ah, thank God. But, <laughs> but I need you to speak on something. With what you do, you get it's it's safe to categorize you under um a single lady living in Lagos and chasing her dream. But you're actively married and actively a mother. I know I'm putting actively in front. <laughs> I I know it's might not have been easy managing and managing all of this, but how do you do it? Manage all of this and still be very productive at work. Is there mm. is there Anything, anything you can say. I know it's it is not easy. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my lord. Hmm. So I think um how do I say this? <sighs> it's I I definitely say that it's not easy. I definitely don't think I have been I have how do I say this? Achieve or I have successfully done what I want, what I would do, or how do I say this? Mm -hmm. I don't think I am 100% in either thing, like being a mother and like a wife or being a, sorry, a part of like where I work, right? Wherever the place might be. I feel yes. that just, and I feel that it's just sacrifice. What has helped me is identifying what's important at every time. Um, there's this like two by two matrix that I know like project or product managers use um, when trying to like identify what takes priority. So 
And I'll say that this is something that has been helpful, valuable to me, like as a human being that, you know, has to balance work and life. So the two by two yeah. matrix, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, where it looks at if something is important or it's important and urgent here. Yeah. So you need to weigh, weigh whether something is, if something is important and urgent, you need to do it. If something is important but it's not urgent, you can do it at a later date. If something is urgent but not important, you can delegate it. Like So for instance, in my own life as a um, mother and wife, right? If my children need to eat, right? It's important that they eat, but they don't need to do it. They don't need to eat right now. I will do that later while I focus on the work I need to do right now that is yeah. more urgent and important. But maybe my children want to eat something that I know somebody else can make for them. So meaning that it's not important that I make it, but they need to eat right now. I will allow somebody mm-hmm. else to eat, like my household, to make, if it's Indomie now, she can make Indomie. They are going to make Indomie for them, right? But if it's something yeah. I know that I have to do, meaning that it's important, but it's not urgent, I can put it off to a later date. So that could be, okay, maybe they're having Christmas Day celebration in school. They told them to come with Santa Claus head or something. Okay, I know I need to go to the market to go and buy it because I'm not going to go and do it today. I'll focus on the thing that is important today. So it's just a balancing act. I can't lie. For me, one thing that helps is I write down everything. I can be very, very... I don't know if I'm forgetful or I just have... I need to improve my memory or something. But a lot going on is actually... Don't don't put that pressure on yourself. (laughs) I guess. I have to do this everywhere. If I open my WhatsApp, you know how you can message yourself on WhatsApp? I'm always dropping one or two things there that I need to do. I have notes. Like, if I open my notes, I have like three or five hundred notes in my iPhone notes app. I take notes of everything. If I'm going to the market, I have a market list. If I'm, well, I don't even go to the market anymore because the stress of going to the market. So, for instance, those are some trade-offs you need to make. If I know that I'm going to go to the market to go and buy meat, and it's going to take the life out of me, right? Like, I know that I'll be so tired when I come back all the pricing, blah, blah, blah. I'd rather use all those meat vendors that allow you to do, like, cow sharing or whatever. Yes, it might yeah. be 5000 naira more expensive, but please, I'm saving myself stress, I'm saving myself time, and I'm able to do something else that's more important at that time. Let me sacrifice the 5K. Take the 5K, please. In fact, the meat will be cleaner, and I'm, I get what I want. I'm not stressed. I'm able to actually work on other things. I didn't sacrifice the whole day going to the market, so... It's a balancing act. This makes me think of um, an interview for, was it Coke or Pepsi? Like the MD CEO of Pepsi or Coke. I can't remember one of them. She's an Indian lady. And she talked about this. She talked about, they were asking her how does she balance her life. And she talked about how she was, like she was, she was very true. She said she missed a lot of important things because, in her children's lives, because she needed to do certain things that, if she didn't do it, maybe that day that Coke or Pepsi would close down, right? So she probably yeah. missed a birthday or two. She said that, but what she made sure she did was whenever her child calls, like wants to talk to her, that everybody mm-hmm. in the organization knows. So I think there's like a company line. So as soon as the child calls the company line and she says, oh, hello, my name is Iwalola. They know her already. They just immediately yeah. redirect her call to her mom's line. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was like, okay, that shows that at least for the child, she knows that anytime I call my mom, she's going to answer, whether I'm in a meeting or whatever the case might be. Just because I know that the mom knows that she can't be there in person, so at least she needs to sacrifice, right? But she, I think she also talked about how people around her 
knew that her family was important to her. And I would say that there's one thing that is very essential for someone like me. The people that you have around you, especially at work, especially like your line manager, right? Yeah. If your line manager does not understand or is not empathetic to the fact that you have a family that's also important to you, you're going to have a problem. And I would mm. give like big props, smart props to my line manager at uh, InterSwitch. He was amazing. Totally. <laughs> It's not, not like, you know, he not like he accepts any excuse or every excuse or anything like that. No, but he understands that, okay, your child is ill, you need to go to the hospital. So this thing that he wants you to do might not get done, like, right this minute, but you are going to work on it as fast as possible as soon as you get back. So, yeah. I don't know. I would say, long story short, Sha, um, you need to put things in place that allow you to delegate tasks that are not important, but, like, you know, need to get done. You then need to prioritize working on the urgent and important things as at when you procrastination is your enemy. <laughs> if you procrastinate, yeah. For me, every value, every moment counts. Like, yes, I give myself time to also relax. So for me, relaxation is important too. So I prioritize it. For instance, I make sure that my kids go to bed by 8 30 because I know I want to you have need that. one at least <laughs> you get at least one hour of peace and quiet. Like, there's something about having children, you don't realize how noisy and, like, I don't know, they always want your attention. But at least when they yeah. are asleep, I know you are in a safe place, you are sleeping. Now, my brain, I can do what I want. Or I can say that, okay, I'm tired of working. Let me go out and drink flying fish or, I don't know, <laughs> smirnoff ice or something so that my brain can cool down. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy at all. It's a lot of, like, trade-offs, a lot of prioritization. Yeah, it's not easy at all. And then I know there are certain things I miss. So, for instance, my kids' teachers might, um, they give my kids homework every day. And I'm like, excuse me, these children, one is in primary one, one is in nursery. You are giving them which homework? Like, who's? Anyway, long, I don't. <laughs> and this homework is not just, oh, just uh, write A, B, and C. You they plenty like three different pieces of homework every day. Me, I do three days homework. I do homework Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You should not kill me, please. And I've told this child Tuesday and Thursday we return the homework for you. <laughs> Until the next week. <laughs> uh, my dear. How was that day? But this so first structure. Understand that it's it's nice to want to call yourself um superman mother super mother mm -hmm. yeah but you can be that super mother when you show up at the right places and at the right situations you are supposed to show up at mm -hmm. putting structure to be present in their life in the life of both mm -hmm. your children and your husband um mm -hmm. understand that you don't have to do everything if you can delegate out task and you can afford it please do it as in critical it shouldn't stop you from your career plans mm -hmm. If had a can go, it will take a lot of sacrifice. I know we've had that. Uh, well, the first thing she said was sacrifice. It will take a lot of sacrifice, mm -hmm. or it can be done. You are not. Yeah. Don't try to do it yourself. I know away mm -hmm. from being away from the family dynamics. I know it's being spoken from founders or um, executives mm -hmm. that have a hold of that handling. You don't have to do everything. Why you want to do everything and be perfect at all of them? You have mm -hmm. jobs, you know. 
So delegate out yeah. the stuff handle. Mm -hmm. Not like you can't, but don't have time for. In your mind, they're like, oh, when I, I can wash this clothes, I'm the best clothes washer, the, ah. I'm the best laundry mm -hmm. person. I can cook fire, my indomie, you can taste any. <laughs> it's nice, sweet, yeah. but you have to do it and let it not affect your timelines. You have to do it and it will not mm -hmm. affect your delivery post. Do mm -hmm. it, but you can also delegate it. I like the understanding and the collaboration. And that, that is actually how you drive good success. Because when you understand mm -hmm. people you work with, meet them where they are, mm -hmm. you are able to collaborate and that is stuff. So, so, uh, so I, I also want to add one more thing, please, to everything. So also prioritize time for yourself to do the things that make you happy. So for instance, for mm. me, I need to have downtime in a day. So I think despite the fact that I can be outspoken and, you know, like active at work and everything, I also, like, I need to decompress. So that's why I actually don't consider myself like an extrovert. My husband is an extrovert. My husband doesn't need any moment of decompression. He's ready. If any, if he, if his friend comes to the house at 1 a.m., he's ready to <laughs> accommodate them. If you come to my house by 1 a.m., I won't talk to you. You can enter, but I'm not talking. I'm in a mode of decompression. Like, <laughs> you will be talking to yourself. You will host yourself. <laughs> So for me, it's decompression. Sometimes it's um, just going to do my hair. Like, okay, I, I take out this time to go and do my hair. I didn't carry my kids. I didn't, you know, go with them. Sometimes yeah. for me, it's going out, not actually going anywhere, but just entering my car, driving around and listening to a podcast or listening to music. For those 15, 20 minutes, I come back and I'm like in a better mood. Sometimes yeah. it's also... Yeah, sometimes it's before I sleep, I must watch 30 minutes of something that will make me happy. It could be stand-up comedy, could be modern family, you know, something that will just make me forget all my troubles. Forget that even though yes, I'm at home and the children are, in there, are sleeping, but in that 30 minutes or 25 minutes, I'm watching modern family. I don't remember that I have children or I have responsibilities or I have one deadline tomorrow. I believe we're having um, mothers, we have mothers on this podcast. So I want to like your podcast, The Spotlight. So I love how it tells stories around US and research. It talks about product. I love that um, episode with Evan Sekano that talked about yeah. the journey from credit tabs to VC, no, to Disha and then VC. I really yeah. love that podcast. So I want to say, um, you know, Nigeria said that 2023 was the podcast year. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry was only the podcast. Idea. <laughs> How uh, did that make you feel? Knowing why you started the spotlight, and you knew it wasn't just any podcast. Mm -hmm. How did that make you feel? And um, what are some lessons you've learned building your podcast? Yeah. Okay. So for me. Um... I, it's not like I was ever, I, I could not be the first person with a podcast. I could not be the first person with a podcast in Nigeria. I could not be the first female with a podcast. I could not be the bl first black female with a podcast. So, my dear, you have to, you, you must you be first. <laughs> must yeah. you be first. First is not always, first is not always the best. It's not always the most profitable. It's not always the most successful. So, 
But also, if, if you're first, you don't have anybody to, like, learn from. So you have mm. to be the one that will now experience everything. It's like if you're going on a road that has potholes, if you're the first car, now you go enter out the potholes. If you're the second car, you'll be able to see, ah, let me know the potholes I can dodge, right? So, I don't think you need yeah. to be the first. Yes, last year was probably the year of podcasts in Nigeria, but I think also around the world. I think there was also a time in the, in, in, in the world when blogging was like, everybody had a blog. There was a time when fashion blogs, everybody had a fashion blog. I, I think now even TikTok, almost everybody has a TikTok. And so it's, everything. I, like, I, I feel like. I saw something on Instagram today about dancing. People are like, why is everyone dancing? <laughs> yes, but it's shocking and it's, a, it's an economy, like it's a creator economy. I think that's basically the key word. The past few years, mm. creator economy is booming. Before, it used to be that everybody sits down in front of their TV and watches DSV and watches football match. But now there are more sources of entertainment. If other people yeah. are doing it, that definitely means that there is something good there. It's like, for instance, you see everybody running. Maybe there are two shops that are selling bread. You see everybody entering one and see that nobody is going to it. Will you be the do you get yeah. <laughs> who will be more profitable? Is it not the part where that that where everybody's entering? So I didn't really see and feel any kind of way about it that everybody was starting a podcast. But I will say that the major reasons I started a podcast, one of them was I wanted to improve my public speaking. Like I said, not growing up, I used to be I used to be very, 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 very sharp. And I think even till now, I don't I communicate better in writing. And I've always been that way since I was growing up. Like, for instance, if I had an issue at home with, like, my family, if I say it to you, be my fight. But if I write what's, what I felt and everything down, you would understand better. So it's always been like that until now I communicate better in writing. But I wanted to make sure that last year was, I told myself, I want to improve the way I speak. Like, the things that are coming out of my mouth, can they be the same thing that was coming out, was in my brain? That I put down writing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've got to the point I want to get to yet, but I think I'm on the way there. Then the third reason, or no, sorry, the second reason why I started the podcast was I wanted to be able to capture certain stories and like um bring that knowledge forth to other people. Yes, you yeah. can go on LinkedIn and hear many stories, a million and one stories. Evans Akano, for instance, that I had on podcast, can come and write about that story, blah, 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 right? But it's not really a, it's not documented as a space in time. So that was what I wanted the podcast to capture. Um, I also to tell was, yeah, to tell the stories. The third thing was, I was really inspired by a lot of podcasts out there. One of them, I think everybody loves this podcast is Lenny Ratchetsky, Lenny Ratchetsky, that's Lenny's podcast. Um, I was also really inspired by 234 Essential and um, Road to 30, Isaac and Dolly. Many more um, around in the product space. I, Insights Unlocked um, by user testing. I really love that. Yeah, so I w- those are the two reasons why I started podcast. I feel that um, I'm on the right path. So I think I'm improving my public speaking. I think I'm telling stories that people want to hear. Um, I know I've been on a break for a while. I've been working on a lot of other things behind the scenes. The podcast has a website now, finally. Thank goodness. Yay! 
the spotlightpod.com. I don't know why somebody stole the spotlight podcast. I think they were telling to be like seven thousand pounds to get that domain name. So the podcast um, is called the, the website is called the spotlightpod.com. I'm also working on getting someone that can assist or that will be even be the primary person for like socials because I just don't have the bandwidth to like continue that. I used to like do all the social media, but hmm, my idea was very sporadic. So I really want to be more intentional about that this year. Um, also want to get, um, I want to kind of go in a different direction. Um, I haven't finalized on that yet, so still working on that. But I'm really, really hoping that it will go live again in March. But we're working on it anyway. <laughs> Thank you for letting Thank me you. speak about the podcast. But you know, I also have a second podcast, right? Yes, 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 with Chinelo. With Chinelo, yes, yeah, called Work Therapy. So Work Therapy, like you say, is a way is is where you come to. We help you navigate the 95 grind. So all those issues, maybe even your line manager has said something that has pissed you off, or you know, you're just trying to survive, or traffic in Lagos wants to kill you, doesn't allow you to be great. All those issues that are in and around work life, you know, balance, that's what we're, we talk about. And it's been a great run so far. So you know you're not the only one expressing it. I think. I saw this um, episode about, um, it was something about emailing. I saw it on LinkedIn and I could really, really relate. Okay. <laughs> I love the content on um, social media. I'm going to add Thank a link you. to this work therapy and the, the spotlightpod.com. Ewa is, <laughs> I, love, I love your work. I love your <laughs> dedication. You. I, love, <laughs> I love the energy you put into it. She has a, a, a website right now. That is so good. Hmm, the website you, is not the best. Please don't go and use your designer eye now to go and look at the website. I'm down. Calm down. I'm down. <laughs> okay, but this is really great. I have I, I have a whole lot of questions. Um, I have stretched beyond the other that people stretch beyond the time that you gave me. Although I know you're a very busy woman, getting on this podcast self, I did a lot of there was a lot of procrastination. I even had to pray about it at some point. <laughs> I see. But ah, I, I have been fighting procrastination on maybe things that scare me, things I'm not very certain I'll be very good at. That is an okay. aspect I'm working on this. But this okay, is I think everybody. Everybody has a of I, that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I this has been a really, really amazing session. Like we've talked about product. Please, before we go, I just have um. Let's use this platform to preach the gospel of user research. Abio, thank you. Um, <laughs> organizations should hire more user researchers, not because user researchers need jobs. Well, because not just because user researchers need job, but because your brand needs them. I've As seen products where proper research and user testing were carried out. I've seen the difference from it. I've, I've seen the difference on it from a project that did not have any form of research mm -hmm. on it. So this is me. For the good for the good of your own brand, for the good of mm -hmm. your business. Yeah. Get researchers on board, even if you don't hire them on full time. It was a user researcher. 
and in my time at Intas, which I've had the opportunity to work with um, different user researchers, and I've seen the difference from when they are brought on board on our project and when they are not on board. It, it, what is all you like to say about that? I'm very intentional about it. Businesses hire user yeah. researchers. It's very so, for this particular topic, I saw a video this morning. Um, Fisayo, um, Fisayo yeah. Silaja, she's a user researcher that we worked, I worked with at Intersuite. She did, she does like content around user research. I will point people listening to a video that she did on her Instagram. Her handle is called fiz.uxr. That's F-I-Z.uxr. She did a video where I she compared, compared, yeah, she compared the user, um, journey for Uber, Uber, GoPada, yeah, and I Quick, what's that, Quick Africa, or something like that. All of them are logistics delivery platforms, right? Uber, seamless, yeah. like two or three steps, and you've gotten a rider. GoPada was a little bit more, that's for a bit more, but it was possible, it was okay. Quick Africa, what they call that, Quick Logistics, I can't remember. My goodness, they asked you to fill one long form. Those kind of they won't ask for that kind time. of thing would have been thank you. Those kind of things, that kind of scenario would have been avoided if you have a UX researcher or a designer who also has experience in research. What would have happened is yeah. when you know that form was designed, you would have tested it out with um, customers and saw that ah maybe out of let's say you just test with ten people, out of ten people maybe six or seven will get frustrated filling out the form. They will ask you, ah, why do you need this information? Oh, when I use um, GoCada, they didn't ask for all this information. I beg, I beg, I'm not doing. Maybe the other two or three might say things like, oh, uh, why are you saying this word instead of this other word? Or it might be better if you put this one before this one. So you get to learn a lot of insights that would help you translate your business requirements because every single business doesn't have the same requirements. Uber might be that seamless because of certain APIs or um, information or structures or like processes they already have in place. You as a, as a starter in the industry, you might not have all the resources that Uber has. So you might need to ask maybe more questions or draw, create a path that is totally different from Uber's own. But a user researcher will help you optimize that. They'll give you insights that will help you optimize that so that your customers are using your product, they are not frustrated, right? And maybe even if they are yeah. frustrated, maybe what's, what the product will help them achieve, they don't mind going through that frustration so that you are giving them something very valuable that they can't get anywhere else, right? So that's the purpose of a user researcher. If you're serious about make, taking your products from, okay, yeah, you should have a product out there to, right. oh, I actually have a product that solves problems and that is making money for my business yeah. and that people will always come back and want to use. In fact, Amigo, they say, ah, please, we're having downtime, <laughs> right? So, yeah, if you want to get to that point, then you definitely yeah. need to research on your team. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that, please. I, for your business goals are very valid. Your ideas for your brand is very valid. I get it that you have the whole picture in your head. But get a US researcher on board or get a designer that has US um that has research background on board because that will take the entire experience. That will take it from just an interface to an experience, an amazing experience mm -hmm. that users would want to come back to. I love how she references mm -hmm. um Fisayo's video. I saw it, I saw it this morning. I'll add the link to it to, to this chat. This yeah. session, it was like I had so much fun on this podcast. I learned so much. 
I learned a whole lot. And I really, really appreciate you coming on this podcast. It means a whole lot to me. Thank you very Yay. much. I'm so happy to be to have been here. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Bless. And I'm so excited to see where In Between Spaces goes. Like, I love the name so much. It's beautiful. Mm. I love it. <laughs> and for anybody Thank that you doesn't so know, you guys have not met Bless like, in real life. She has such a warm and beautiful personality. Like, from the first time I met her, like, I'm like, ah. She has such a warm and beautiful personality, honestly. Like, I really love that. Thank you, Iwa. Thank you so much. <laughs>